You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real pain. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PC Las Vegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Good word. It's all up to you now. <laughs> no pressure. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be saved. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for, for, for putting me up in, with such energy. Amen. I, I appreciate that. Um, how y'all really doing? Meh. 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 Okay. <laughs> You seem like, did you have some of that Mexican hot chocolate, the, you know, the energy fat pass? Not yet, coming soon? Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, it's just, it's good to be saved. It's good to be around family tonight. Amen. And um, I, whatever's going on in your life, I, I hope that uh, you would just tune in to God tonight. I've been instructed by the Holy, Holy Ghost to just let him have his way tonight. And so um, I'm going to do my best to do that. Um, and so I... My prayer is that you'll come along with me on that journey. Amen. Um, I want to give honor to God who is the head of my life. Uh, without God, there, there is, I'm nothing. I, I'm nothing more than just flesh. Amen. And uh, I want to give honor uh, to our pastors, Pastor Art and Maria. Thank you uh, for being good leaders and good examples. Amen. Can we give God some praise for them tonight? I know we're tired, amen, but, but they're tired. You know, and, uh, um, I, I appreciate it. I had a really good time this, uh, this Sunday. Um, this is the first time, you know, when you, after you have you need to go out is a momentous occasion. And like, I found myself lingering at the restaurant, like, and then I looked up, I'm like, my wife is literally going to kill me if I don't get home, you know? Um, but you, you learn how to, learn how to compromise. She's, she has like a, a girl's night she'll do every now and again on Friday nights, but that's good. Amen. Because that gives me time to have daddy daughter time. Um, and so I'm, Excited about that. Tonight is daddy-daughter time, sort of. Amen. So, uh, you know, she's over there on the bottle right now. What's up, F? Uh, okay. Yeah, tough crowd tonight. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But um, I'm just grateful to God for uh, my family, to my wife in her absence. Um, she's working right now. Uh, just really giving God some praise for her uh, and just all of you. Um, you know, I love each and every one of you. Your mom, uh, you know, just... It's just, it's awesome to see what God is doing and what God is going to do in the house of the Lord. I, I firmly believe, church, um, that 2018 people are really going to get breakthroughs in the house of God. Do you receive that? Because I'm looking on some faces and I'm seeing some folks that are tired. Amen. But can I tell you something? And I, I learned this from a pastor. Uh, he's a former firefighter in Praise Chapel. What's his name? I never can call his name. Yeah. It says, the kingdom of God is built on tired men and women. Don't count it strange, the fiery trials that easily beset you. 
I know that many of us are going through why God has taken me this way, but I know that many of us are going through um, and that we're struggling in our finances and we're struggling about where we're going to live and we're struggling uh, about our children and we're struggling in our marriages and, and those things happen. Life often happens on life's terms, amen. But wherever you're at right now, I urge you to just grab hold of God. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm serious. I don't know why I'm acting so serious tonight. Amen. But I, God must have a word. Amen. And so um, I, I can tell you that um, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, time in my life uh, because God has had to check me a little bit. Amen. Um, I found myself maybe about a month ago feeling sorry for myself. Um, now, I, I will tell you, if I do my best, if I'm going through something, I, I do my best to, to hide it. You know, I'll be honest with you tonight. But um, there, are, there are some people that I think know when something's going on with me because I get pretty quiet. But, um, I, you know, I, I can honestly say that um, I was in, a, in kind of a woe is me pattern. And uh, a stranger walked up, 7-Eleven, in the corner of Eastern and uh, over there by the 215, um, over there by the park. I think it's like Eastern and, and Warm Springs or one of them, right? And uh, he said to me, he said, you're blessed. He didn't even know me. He said, you're blessed. So why you look so sad? Didn't even know me. And that thing, it's almost like, it was like a light just switched on. And sometimes God has to remind us, amen, he has to remind us of who we are in the kingdom. He has to remind us of what we have when we feel that we have nothing. So I want to urge you tonight to listen to what I have to say because I believe this is a word for the house. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Amen. Um, you know, one of my favorite movies is Bruce Almighty. How many of you have ever seen that? Bruce Almighty is, a, is an interesting movie um, because it deals with uh, a man uh, who played by Jim Carrey was a, a newscaster, and he wanted to, he wanted to be on the, the, the front of the evening news, and he, he had all of these things he wanted, and he would, you know, he would often murmur and complain until he found himself face-to-face -face with God, amen? And God basically challenged him and said, you know, I'm tired of you murmuring and complaining, complaining. and if you think you can do my job so good, how, how about this? How about you do it? And so over the course of several days, he tries to do it. And what happens? Disaster strikes, amen. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when I, when I watched that movie, I, I just recently watched it, and, and I got a giggle. But um, the one thing that, that really stuck out to me was about the idea of destiny. When we talk about destiny, we talk about uh, that thing that we are searching for, that thing that we're looking, looking to. Destiny, we hear people talk about it all the time. People even sing about destiny. Um, but, you know, when it's our destiny, oftentimes we find ourselves in a, in a state of not knowing and even sometimes frustration. Uh, when we're in the kingdom of God, and many of us understand this that have been saved for a while, uh, when we're in the kingdom of God, oftentimes we hear uh, preachers or prophets say, you know, um, you're pushing into your destiny. And so as you hear that more and more, you often go back later on and say, when is that going to happen? And oftentimes when it doesn't happen, when you believe or when we 
believe it's supposed to happen, what happens? We get a little frustrated, amen? But I want to challenge us tonight and remind you of something that is going to stay with you, hopefully, over the course of the next several weeks, if not for the rest of your life. Can I tell you something, church? Can I tell you something? You can't control your destiny. You cannot control your destiny. The scripture is going to come out of Matthew 1, 18 through 25. That's Matthew 1, 18 through 25. When you get there, just say amen. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. Have your way in here tonight. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for showing up. That's Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And it reads as such. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Uh, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, somebody say the law, uh, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Uh, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. Somebody say a son. Uh, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name. Jesus. Come on, church, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for showing up. I thank you for speaking through our leadership. Lord, I thank you for speaking during praise and worship. I thank you for speaking to the greeters at the door when others walk in. Lord, I ask that you would have your way like never before. There are some people in here right now, God, that are struggling. I need you to grab a hold of them. We place a demand on every demonic spirit that it would be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We look to you, for there is no one like you. You are sovereign. You are good. You are kind. You are timely. Lord, show up and show out like never before in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Can I, can I tell you something? You can't control your destiny. You can't control your destiny. Amen. Amen. Listen, you know, when I was younger and when I was in college, there was a poem that I uh, was asked to learn uh, by my fraternity, and it was entitled Invictus. They even made a movie entitled Invictus. Uh, and the poem was written by, the, by an author by the name of William Ernest Headley. And and basically, it deals with the idea of the soul being unconquerable. Um, and so at the end of the poem, there is a line that says, uh, I am the master of my fate, 
and I am the captain of my soul. Yeah, that's what it was saying. <laughs> yeah, and what that means is that humanity, or what they're trying to say, or what Mr. Ernest is trying to say is that people are in control of their life journey or destiny. And for years, watch this, I would say this proudly and recite this poem. I would recite it with conviction uh, when people would ask me it. I would stand up and let people know how I knew this poem. And even to this day, I remember it. Um, I believed for a long time that life was of our own control. Amen. Life was what you would make it, I would say. But now having been saved for a few seasons and going, going through a couple of things, I recognize that this was a very arrogant response, amen, to even believe that. Would you agree tonight? It's very arrogant of me to, to actually believe that. But I recognize that I was intemperate in my youth, that oftentimes when we are young, we say and do things uh, out of ignorance because we don't know that there is something greater uh, than us working in the earth, amen? Uh, to blindly believe that we are the master of our own fate, the master of our own fate and the captain of our own soul would mean that God is not in authority of the universe. How arrogant would that be to truly believe? And I believe that this poem is a metaphor for how people truly think. Wouldn't you agree tonight? Yeah. It's quiet. Our society often believes, get this, church, that they can change the course of history and that they can control the events of a moment in time. Billionaires believe that they can control or alter the destiny of a people. Oligarchs and, and people that have so much money, the affluent in society. But I want to rebuke that way of thinking tonight, church, because I firmly believe that this is how our planet, our nation, our community has gotten in trouble with God. Yeah, see, church, can I tell you something? Let me whisper it to you. You can't control your destiny. You can't control your destiny. And if you thought you could control your destiny, can I trouble that a little bit tonight? Come on. Yeah, you see, civilization, church, has been responsible for some incredible feats. Wouldn't we agree? We created the light bulb open-heart surgery, cars, and space shuttles. We can control some satellite miles into the space and, and into the orbit and plan out a Google calendar for school, but if God doesn't breathe breath into our lungs, darkness falls on the earth, church. That's what happens. Doesn't matter how much we know or how much we have. At the end of the day, if God doesn't decide to wake us up, snap his fingers, all is lost. There's nothing we can do about it. And as much as we want to change the course of history through politics and war and technology, at the end of the day, church, at the end of the day, God is the master of our destiny. Come on. Yeah, see, here's what you need to understand. And if we are going to be under the banner of God's will as we sing and we, and we claim to be under his will, we are going to have to develop a less of us and more of him attitude. Okay, yeah, see, especially us that reside in the kingdom, that say that we know him and love him. Yeah, see, now watch this. When we arrive at the text, I want you to, I want you to get this. We find two people who are not really in control of their destiny, and those two people that I'm speaking of are Joseph and Mary. 
You see, the text says in Matthew 1, verse 18, that Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, to the law, he yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. He wanted to divorce her quietly. He didn't want the embarrassment to, to overtake him. But Joseph and Mary, get this church, were given instructions on what was going to happen. And guess what? They really didn't have a choice. <laughs> you see, cartoons in Sunday school try to portray this moment in our history to be fun-loving and cute. I think I've even played it on the, in, 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 uh, in Sunday school, uh, the, the story of, of the birth of Jesus back there with some of the kids when I work once a month, you know. But truth be told, it was anything but that. It was anything but that, church. Historians remind us, I want you to get this, uh, that a Jewish marriage had three steps. Three steps, if you will. The first was that two families must come together and agree about the marriage. So most marriages were arranged during this time, okay? The second was that a public announcement was made or what we know as, guess what, an engagement. You recently had an engagement, you got married, amen? I had an engagement not so long ago, and I got married. The third was that the couple married first and lived together next, not the other way. They got married, and then they lived. Okay, all right, let me keep moving on. Amen, all right. Now, what's important about the marriage between two people is that it could only be broken through death or divorce. So something like this where a, a, a woman became uh, impregnated and was not married could be grounds for divorce or worse, okay? Divorce could only be sanctioned by the clerics of the day. It could only be sanctioned. Now, Mary and Joseph had an issue. And what was that issue, church? She was pregnant, and Joseph wasn't the daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> they were not married, and Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine somebody walking up to you and saying, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit? You know, you're going to be a seven hills up the road here. Amen? But it's the truth. So she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph was not the biological father. You see, there was no Maury or Jerry Springer to bring out a DNA test. Oh, yeah, see? <laughs> there were no DNA results readily available. There was no dancing after the results, amen? All there was was a visit by an alleged angel telling both of them that a child is coming and there is nothing they can do about it. There's nothing they can do about it, church. Can I tell you something? Praise chapel. You can't control your destiny. Yeah, see? <laughs> Did I get y'all with that Maury line? Good. Okay. <laughs> you see, by law, Joseph, get this, had the right to divorce Mary and report her to the authorities who would surely stone her to death. They, you know what they would have done? They would have committed an honor killing. Joseph could have done, you know what an honor killing is, right? It's what you see now uh, during this day but you often see it in, in Islamic culture uh, where a man feels uh, betrayed by the woman that he is attached to or betrothed to. And so he decides, uh, and it's not just always who he's married to, it can be his sister or even his mother, amen? 
And oftentimes what will happen is, is that if the man or if the family feels that the woman has done something bad, they will burn her alive, they will stone her to death, they will shoot her, they will do anything. Her body is not deemed valuable. So we have a problem here. We got a woman, a young woman, between the ages of 13 and 15 years old, who's pregnant and is not married. It is under Jewish law, which meant that they could have killed her in front of the community to gain what they believed was the community's honor back. <laughs> but they weren't even in control of their destiny, church. Yeah, see, Joseph could have done all that for bringing what people might perceive as shame upon his family. But get this, but because Jesus came to fulfill the law, he came to fulfill it. He said, I didn't come to defy it. I came to fulfill it. He was even fulfilling it before he was born. <laughs> yeah, see, there was a shift between the law of man and the law of grace. Woo! <laughs> I felt it. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. You see, the text says in verses 19, 19 through 21 that Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her, divorce her quietly, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Church, I want you to get this tonight. When we are in conflict with God's divine plan, you can rest assured he will send us a clear message. He will send us a clear message. Have, have any of you ever been in a situation where, where you knew that, that God was in the middle of something and you got a little, little hazy and then he sent somebody on by to remind you? That meant that it was him. That it was divinely inspired. That's what we hear. Or divinely appointed. There are moments in time that you don't even realize, sis, that things are divinely appointed on your behalf. But oftentimes, you can't even see it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see... God understands what we can handle. He understands what we can handle. He didn't just ask anyone to rear and protect the Son of Man. Joseph was chosen even before he was born. He couldn't even control his destiny before he even took his, his first cry and his first breath. That's how powerful God is. That's how powerful his genealogy is that he puts in man. You see, he had to give it to someone who had the right temperament. See, if he would have gave it to somebody religious or somebody traditional, Mary could have been damaged. Now, does that mean that, that Jesus would have not been born? Absolutely not. That's right, baby. <laughs> Jesus most certainly would have been born, but man has a, a history of trying to alter God's plans. Now, notice that I said try. Man has a history of trying to alter God's plans. He has a history of that. And it always what? It always ends bad for who? Not God, but for man, okay? Now, Joseph just wanted this to go away and decided to protect Mary's life by divorcing her quietly. He literally could have dragged her out by her hair and had her killed. He could have done an honor killing, but he decided not to do that because he wanted to protect her and what was in her. By law, he could have taken Mary out and done it publicly.
But because Joseph was not in control, church, come on, I believe that God sent him confirmation, confirmation or a message to subdue his thoughts. First and only thing I got tonight, church, and this I'm not preaching long. I want you to get this. When we surrender, God's plan can fully be revealed. That's all I got tonight. God has an assignment for us all. Can I tell you something? Can I step away from my notes for a second? The problem is, is that many of us don't believe that we are on God's radar anymore in here. But I want to rebuke that spirit tonight because God has a plan for each and every one of us in here. And I don't care how old you are, I don't care how feeble you are, I don't care what your circumstance, how many kids you are, when God wants to use you, he will use you. Come on, see, yeah, see, yeah, I need some folks to be encouraged tonight, because here's the thing, the enemy is laughing at the, at the, at the kingdom of God, he's laughing, he's laughing, and he uses people to, to, to really challenge the, the, the kingdom of God that, and, and they don't do it and, and they do it publicly. You know? They do it in front of everybody and it's nasty and it's mean. But you know what? Can I tell you something? This is good for us right now. We need this. You know why? Because oftentimes we need to be reminded of who we are. We need to be reminded of who we are. But get this. But more time than not, when our circumstance looks a certain way or is out of our comfort zone, just like Joseph, can I tell you something? We want to alter that plan or destiny. We want to alter it. When we doubt his plan for our life, when we doubt it, when we're starting to have feelings or doubts or we, you know, we start getting uneasy, many people just want to sweep his word under the rug and quietly walk away like Joseph wanted to do. He wanted to walk away. He didn't know at that moment that he would have been walking away from the Son of Man. Okay, it's quiet tonight, but that's okay. But no, I told you on this day, church, I want you to really get this. When God has an assignment for your life, there is nothing you can do about it. You can't hide from it, Joe. You can't hide from it, man. You cannot hide from it. When he has an assignment for you, there's nothing you can do about it. He will come find you in, in, wherever you're at. Can I tell you, when, um, when I was moving out here uh, to Vegas, uh, I didn't have a job lined up. And that's, that's like suicide, <laughs> financial suicide. But I believe that God wanted me here. I said, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my way. And even if I have to live in my car, I'm going to make it happen. And here I am at the time, 35, 36 years old, you know. Um, I could have very easily stayed back in Columbus and, and found something comfortable, but something was drawing me out here. But I was reluctant to tell anybody that because I knew what would happen. People would try to discourage me. You know, oftentimes when there's an assignment on your life, if you get around the wrong person, they'll try to, they'll, they'll try to burn that purpose in front of you. I can't imagine what you two went through when you... When, when you got called out here, I'm sure you kept that secret, didn't tell everybody. And I, I think that, you know, that season of my life when I was moving out here was, was an important time because it, it really made me have to grow up fast in, the, in, in, in God's kingdom. It really did. It really made me have to grow up. Because at that point, 
I had not really understood what true faith is because, again, I didn't have really a lot of money. And not only that, but I didn't have a job. But can I tell you something? Within one month, not only did I have a job, I had a place to live. Can I tell you something, church? You can't control your destiny. <laughs> you can't control your destiny. Listen. <laughs> Joseph was faced with a difficult choice like we all are. But history further shows us that the conception and birth of Jesus were supernatural events beyond scientific reasoning. It was beyond what scientists could even possibly understand. God had to send his messenger angel to Joseph to make him understand that this was a significant event. Church, when God sends us a direct message, it would behoove us to listen to it and take it. But oftentimes, when that direct message comes to us, you know what many people do? Because maybe it's conflicting with your plans. <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't talk about what God had spoken for me uh, for a long time for fear of rejection from family and friends. You know, I really wouldn't. I was, I, especially when I first started feeling like I was called to, to minister and teach and preach the gospel, I wouldn't talk about that with everybody. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it was because I saw some people that were close to me get hurt, you know, publicly too. So that scared me. That birthed a fear in me. But can I tell you something? It's not meant for us to be afraid. When our destiny is big, we will often live in fear due to other people, church. Joseph was probably living in fear because the reality is, is that maybe if he didn't want to stone her, maybe the clerics of the day would have wanted to stone Mary. And guess what? By law, they could have taken her. She could have been, and she could have been in prison and then publicly executed for being pregnant and not being married. But can I tell you something? What you think I'm about to say? You can't control your destiny. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> oh, man, perhaps our fear comes from our traditionalism or religiosity. You know, most of us grow up, it's funny, I was talking to Brother Victor and Sister Rita um, this, this past Sunday about the old church. And they were, they were sharing about how they had to escape a lot of that early on um, because they knew that there was something greater for them out there. And I'm sure in that moment, they didn't even know that they weren't even in control. But God has them here and in freedom, you know. And, and I, I think on that because the reality is, is that their sacrifice and what they did has their children sitting here now, you know. They could have been somewhere and in bondage. And I'm telling you something. Let me, can I tell you something? There are, there are a lot of places, a lot of local assemblies, a lot of churches that are not necessarily interested in having the, the sovereign move of God in their churches. They're more interested in having control. <laughs> oh, you don't think so, huh? Okay. Let me tell you something. There are churches that are only invested in your money, and keeping you quiet. They don't even want you to praise God. Okay. All right. Yeah, see, 
But can I tell you something? Just like you and, and everyone else here, we have not been given a spirit of fear. Church, the text says in Matthew 1, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I laugh whenever I hear that, you know, because, you know, I just can't imagine somebody, my wife coming to me, we've been married for a couple of days, and she's like, you know, I need you to understand, we, we can't consummate this because I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Right? Yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah, can, you, can you even really contemplate something like that? You know, can you imagine the anguish and, and, and issue that Joseph had? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> right, yeah. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yeah. You would feel some type of way, right? You know? Now, you knew, now you're supposed to be newly married, supposed to, supposed to have, you know, be with, your, be with your wife and all of that stuff, and then she's like, hold up, hold up, bro. No, I'm, I'm pregnant with the Holy Ghost. You know me, I'm like, I'm going back to the hood. I'm like, oh, word, you're pregnant with the hood? I mean, you're pregnant with, not with, the, you're pregnant with the Holy Ghost? Okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you see, church, <laughs> oh, God. The angel of the Lord had to remind Joseph not to fear because the reality is, get this, is that Joseph was about to make a big mistake. He was. Man will make a mistake when they feel like they're about to be embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you ever had to, like, do something and, and you didn't feel comfortable doing it and you knew God was telling you to do it and you was trying not to do it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Tough crowd tonight. That's all right. When we're in some of our darkest and most confusing moments, Sometimes we need divine intervention. We need somebody to step in and help us, man. We do. Now, here's what I know about humanity. I don't know about y'all, but this is what I know. People tend to be fragile problem solvers. They tend to be fragile problem solvers. And all that really means is, church, is that people tend to make decisions based on their feelings. Can I tell you something? This is the truth. God don't always care about your feelings. <laughs> he don't. <laughs> oh, man, you don't always care about your feelings and what you feel like ought to be happening in that moment. What you ought to do is keep your mouth closed and do what, okay. All right, yeah, see, and more time than not, more time than not, our decisions are based on how others will perceive us. Can I say this? There is no one that can convince me that Joseph wasn't thinking about how his community would react to Mary's condition. There's no one that can convince me of that. I don't care. No, no cartoon on, on DVD that can convince me of that, that she walked in, oh, everything's just great. No, everything wasn't. I'm pretty sure Mary had some, some trepidation too. You know? You know, it, it's, it's, it, it, is a, it is very important to understand that, that Mary was blessed and highly favored, and that was spoken to her verbatim. By the, by the messenger angel, Gabriel. But can I tell you something? You can't tell me that her 15-year-old adolescent self wasn't struggling. That's a lot of weight. Can you, I see some folks laughing. Can you imagine somebody, my daughter, guess what? You're going to have a baby, and the baby's going to come save the world. 
Oh, by the way, you're not married either. You got to face a whole mob. Okay. Yeah, see, I, most of us, most of us, can we be honest, we would start questioning our basic mental frame, you know? And here, now, I want, I want you to really understand and get the historical context of what's going on. Not only is Mary young and vulnerable to a community that is entrenched in the law, you know, but there is no outlet for her to process this with anybody but God. There's nobody to process it with. She has nowhere to go. She can't get on a chat room. She can't get on Facebook and post it up. She can't do anything. All she can do is go to God. <laughs> you know, God can get us in a state sometimes where there's nobody can help us that, that can really help us. All we can do is look up, and that's all Mary could do. All she could do is look up. That's the truth. Let me tell you something, and I'm almost going to my seat here. These were critical decisions being facilitated by man. These were critical decisions being facilitated by man, church. And it took a supernatural event to guide it all. That's how I know Jesus is real. If you're struggling to really recognize that he's real tonight, I want to challenge you in that thinking. Because he's alive, church. <laughs> Come on, give God some praise. And the story of Joseph and Mary is a prequel to the greatest story ever told. Have you ever heard anybody say it's the, that the story of Jesus is the greatest story ever told? Well, their story was the prequel to that. Now you have... You know, you have Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, theirs was like Batman, right? Batman Begins, you know? But here's the thing that'll, that'll really trip you out. Even though, even though Jesus was not necessarily conceived in physical form, he's still the great I am, which meant that he was there in the beginning. Come on, man. Listen, y'all got to get on it. You got to get a hold of this. Hallelujah. You know... <laughs> Praise Chapel, people make decisions that can either positively or negatively impact the course of history. But obedience unto God, church, can completely change a generation. Because Joseph was obedient and he offered safety and protection to a small child, little did he know that that child was the savior of the world. But because he was obedient, he played a part. He wasn't the main part, but he played a part, a very important part. Because let me tell you something. Jesus' life was in danger, not just from the womb, but after. Herod wanted to kill Jesus. You know? He was fully human but fully divine. Do I believe the angels would have been encamped all around? Could, could, could the angels of the Lord... Have, 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 have killed and slayed Herod? Of course, you know? But it would just so happen that God used two people, two commoners, two common people to shield and protect the most important human figure in civilization's history. Oh, man. Y'all got to get a hold of this. Listen, the text goes on to say in verse 21, she, meaning Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name. Now, this is the angel of the Lord speaking to Joseph. 
You, you give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Because of obedience and divine intervention, praise chapel. Because of obedience and divine intervention, God's son was given to us in flesh. He was given to us in flesh. And he's with us now, church. Right here, right now. Do you believe it? You should. Let me tell you. He's with us. He's with us right now. He's with us in your circumstance. He's with us in our circumstance. Can I tell you something? There's some people that don't even know him that don't even realize he's with them. I believe he's with some people over there in the bar. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. I believe there's some people that over there in the tattoo parlor that don't even know it yet, but he's with them. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, see? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> oh, man. Our obedience draws him close, church. Our obedience draws him close. Despite what Joseph was experiencing, he was obedient. And God sent comfort. He was Emmanuel even before he was born. Mm. He is the great I am church. And he loves us so much. And I want to encourage us today for us to take our hands off of our destiny. Step away from it. You know, step away from your destiny. And let God have full control. Because guess what? You ain't in control of it anyway. We can't control it, but God does. He's with us. We love him, church. Give God some praise. I do. I, I, I recognize I need it more than anybody. Uh, because I think it's important 